Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, a podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode we watched number 13 on the Sight and Sound list, Battleship Potemkin, Sergei Eisenstein's groundbreaking work of flawlessly edited Soviet propaganda. Our second film this week is Battleship, Peter Berg's choppily edited and overstuffed piece of American propaganda. Oh, I'm doing absolutely acceptably. What does acceptably mean to you? Uh, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, but like within your life, what's currently acceptable? Uh, I saw Battleship Potemkin today. Yeah. Uh, what's I'm... unacceptable? Uh, 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 I tried to make a lemon cake last night, and I forgot to put the baking powder in. And you know, and they're like, they're, you know, it's still it's still edible. It's still got that lovely like citrusy yeah. flavor to it, but it leaves a sad taste in your mouth. It's just it's, just, it's not as good as it could be, you know. Yeah, this my is, joke is disappointing. Is what is that? That was the pause. Right? Yeah. You've once again shamed me and yourself. So fat. well. Luckily, we're doing this in front of a live studio audience, yeah, and they get to decide what to laugh at. We have just insisted that they remain silent, yeah, out of awe throughout. If one um, drops even a jaffa to rattle down the steps, executed on the spot. Yeah, this wasn't our original plan. Our original plan was to like have them here and have them laugh. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah. left my placards that say "laugh" and "applause" at home. Yeah. And so we had to institute the, if you make a sound, we will kill you rule. Well, yeah, they're largely all there so that later when you are accused uh, of being a communist and you went in front of McCarthy, I, uh, kind of your, your, your co-star and husband can, can go before the show is taped and, and talk to the audience and be like, so the thing is that Lucy, uh, 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 Dozens of years ago, signed up for the Communist Party, essentially for her grandfather. You know, she doesn't believe those things and she's not under investigation. Let me just get my phone and I ask, is my wife currently under investigation? And the voice says, not at all. And then I say, thank you, Mr. J. Edgar Hoover. And that crowd goes wild. Just like on New Zealand's favourite weekly sports roundup show, the crowd goes wild. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know what you're thinking. No, being the Ricardos stole it from us <laughs> and not the other way round. So Here, here's the thing about the crowd goes wild. Yeah, uh, it's a show that I think doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I've to never watched it. I've watched. I knew someone who performed in it once, oh, yeah. and so I've seen that clip. So it used to play on a channel called Prime, which basically doesn't exist anymore. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was. They're trying to split it up, but. Yeah. 
prime is indivisible. Right. Uh, it was a like half hour long show where some where some guys in suits behind a desk show you the, like the, like greatest sports clips of a week, and they're like, dude, do some jokes about it. Yeah, they're real wags. Yeah, and one of the like major segments on the show was called Smashed 'Em, Bro. Where they, where, what the really? Yeah, where they showed all the like biggest tackles in rugby, all the like the biggest like hits in boxing, and and then after every uh, smashed them, bro. Smashed, yeah, smashed them, bro. And then after like I hate this and, country. And then uh, <laughs> after like every time some like twenty one year old got spear tackled in a in a rugby league game, there'd be a sound effect. It was like smash them, bro. And Matt used to be entirely relegated. To this one TV show. Yeah. And then... Uh, it, it, the news started doing well, it. Yeah. In, what? In the last, like, year and a half, it is now a normal part of News Hub's uh, sports coverage to do, a, like, let's see the biggest hits of the week. It's so... It's so weird how this, this, this like, dumb segment from it... I mean, I don't a, think like, they invented focusing on violence within news media, like, but... Like sure, but but, yeah. like, but like within within New Zealand sports broadcasting, that's oh, a yeah, the yeah. crowd goes wild bit. Yeah, I mean fair like Duncan. Yeah, and, and and now the fact that like one of the major news shows just does that regularly is so uh, weird and gross. Yeah, we do live in a very weird and dark universe. We do with the mummy. Yeah, with uh, Dracula. Yeah, and uh, Jekyll and Hyde, both yep. played by uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yep. Tom Cruise's The Mummy. It's a real dark universe. Finn, I have to ask you, big subject of the week. Welcome to Shite and Sound. My name is Yutha Shite. And I'm Finn Sound Nicholas. Who? Yep, no, I, I I cannot remember it. Your name oh, Your name is Film. Uh, Phil, film, yeah. And I am film the sound Nicholas. I'm so sorry that that you are having such issues with with your memory. Hopefully, you can buy some uh, like gene therapy to fix your mind. Buy well that transitions me <laughs> to our subject this week, which is of course money. Fit. Mm. I on a personal level, and I know. I couldn't flick a switch and have this happen without maybe a couple of billion people dying. <laughs> but um, in my utopian vision of how the world should be, yeah. I don't think money as it exists now should exist. No, you think it should be entirely cryptocurrency? Absolutely not. People, that is that, that falls under money as it exists now. <laughs> I mean, not, not, not if you talk to the cryptocurrency weirdos. No, it, they, they, it is they, money that exists now. They, they, they think it's a whole new thing. Either that or I don't count it as money. Either way, <laughs> uh, 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 tokens uh, that, that demonstrate uh, uh, work done for receipt, uh, uh, I think are potentially good. But as implemented, I think they're directly responsible for the severe majority of ill in the world, and uh, so yep. I think it should be gone. Where do you stand on money? Uh, I think I largely agree with that. I also yeah. like uh, having money to buy things, but I realize that's uh, yeah, that's, that, 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 that's that, capitalism that, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that is part and parcel of being inside a system where everyone has to have money. I this is a tangent. 
Oh really? No, I I I had not noticed. I was I, I was I thought, I thought we were already fully on on the correct track. <laughs> I was I was this podcast about battleship and no, battleship potential. Not in that order. Yeah, it's this about is, battleship Potemkin and battleship. Well, if we're going by shite and sound. Oh, true. You're right. We we so often do this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Then no, I was gonna. Um, it's a conversation we'll have another time. <laughs> Where do you stand on money? Well, you you generally agree, right? It's sure. pretty bad, right? Yeah, uh, it's not. It's kind of of the systems. We don't have something ready to replace it right now. No matter what, as we've already discussed, <laughs> the crypto bros thing. I mean, but like, okay, what what if what if um everyone had uh like like seventeen potatoes, right? yeah, and and you could give the potatoes to someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they like, could give potatoes you, to like, you. okay. Yeah, and um, uh, and the potatoes uh, have USB drives in them, so we can put our cryptocurrency in them. Would, 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 so would, it's would, like would, cold, they're like cold wallets. I mean, you can make a battery out of out of, out of potatoes. Yeah, but does that also connect it to the internet? I'm sure. I'm sure. I've got like some old like TV antennas lying around. I could stick in the potatoes. Okay, so how, uh, what do you think? Okay, when the world falls apart. Yeah. When we're all just in bits. Yeah. When, what I, you, when I finally get that, when I finally <laughs> get that stack of books together that I want to read, uh, and I stand on yeah. my glasses and I say, oh no, it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, I can see things up close fine. I don't need glasses to read. Uh, I mean, the irony would be increased if you were, for example, outside a library, as he is in the original time. Why are you mm-hmm. coming for Rod Serling? What's he ever done? Probably loads of things. Who is from the past? Yeah, but not 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 everyone who's from the past was bad. Oh, like I think a lot of people from the past. And pre- I think here is the thing: Battleship is about a bunch of people who are bad at being outside in bright sunlight. Sure, yeah, and, and who get a call go to a place, try and put down their communications network, and then are immediately attacked by humanity. Yeah. It is a tragic film because they are eventually killed by the marauding, maniacal war, United War Forces of America. Yeah, the United Earth Imperialist Forces of Taylor Kitsch and Tadanobu, Tadanobu Asano. Yeah, and that, to me... Both of these films are tragedies, right? And one is a tragedy that is about the triumph of the human spirit over oppressors. Yeah. And one is about uh, the tragedy that comes with the triumph of the human spirit over perfectly nice, normal aliens. And that, it's an interesting juxtaposition, right? Because you'd think we just paired them up. Because they both have the same word in the title? Yeah. But it is, there's much more that lines up between them, oh, right? Sure. And like, that's why I asked you what your thoughts on money are, right? Because both of these films are about the dis- distribution of labor and capital and money. One inside the film, one outside the film, right? Like, that is my pitch for how to compare them. What did you see? Apart from there being a lot of boat pornography in both, uh, both films are 20 to 30% directors being like, 
the military and Navy are on our side. Look at these fucking boats, which at like the beginning of Battleship Pokemon, to quote half the half star reviews of Battleship Potemkin, guys, Ugh. Google your joke and at least get the circumflex on the E in Pokemon, right? Yeah. So the beginning of Battleship Potemkin, right? We get these incredible block titled opening credits. Our version was in English, but you can see they've worked very hard to match the styling to the original. We watched the German restoration of how it looked at its premiere with uh, uh, a new surround sound recording of the German score that was used a year later because the original one is probably lost. Right, yeah. And even though they immediately sold the film to Germany. Anyway, um, it, it, it starts with these crashing waves and you're like, oh, this is quite good for a silent film. It is, you know, you're all stuck in one place. You can't really move the camera. Then it cuts to uh, each part has a name. Yeah. And the first part is it, it is in five parts. It starts part one, men and maggots, and then cuts to like, you're on one boat looking past sailors to another, to Battleship Potemkin. Yeah. And it is so crazy <laughs> in a silent film that is so silent. You know, there's constant vignetting. The focus yeah. is always weird. The pace, you know, the, it, the it, frame rate yeah, is bizarre. It, 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 everyone has silent film moustaches. Uh, uh, I mean, that's mainly to look like Stalin, right? Yes, come on! This is a this is made by Moss Film in 1925. The fact that all the heroes in this film look like Stalin is not an accident. Um, but it is like holy sh! What year did Stalin come to power? Was it was he was he already in charge by 25? Yeah, wait. I feel like Stalin came came in a bit later. No, he had he was the third. Uh, uh, he was in his third year of being general secretary. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, wa- he uh, wasn't yet the chairman of the council of ministers, but that was in like twenty years, right? Um, right. For, for 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 some reason, I thought I thought Lenin held out a bit longer. It, it was until recent. It what like right? He this was the beginning of his power. Yeah. This was when he had a lot of popular support. Uh, before his first five-year plan failed. I wonder why. I don't think he did a very good job of running the country. It's yeah. almost as... I feel like I... Uh, had- but, you know, like, if, if you look back at those early photos of Stalin from when he was a seminary student, you're like, yeah, he was a, he was a good-looking dude. I get, I, get, I get why they let him run that country. Yeah. So, uh, this, seeing this fucking boat, in what is so clearly a silent film, in a way that you just didn't think was possible then, like the spectacle of no, it. The like major thing that people focus on about this movie is, is the like advances in editing. Yeah, but like how modern it feels in its editing is working hand in hand with the fact that like every shot feels like it's moving, like like or has something because we we meet everyone, we get a quick. You know, there, there, there's the sun's about to rise. There's people. The the food is shit. We see everyone asleep, and these shots of people in uh, what are they called? Why do I want uh, hammocks? Uh, in hammocks. Yeah. I kept wanting to call them handbags. I'm absolutely falling apart. Um, and, and all these shots are crisscrossing the screen. You're never. You're so used to 
at least I am with silent cinema and, and the, even the peaks of it. Yeah. Even greed, even ugh, intolerance, even a lot of Keaton and Chaplin and come on. What Harry Harold Lloyd, Harold Lloyd are shot in a very stagey way. Yeah, even like lots of Lang feels like that. Yeah, things feel like still in in, in a lot of those movies. Well, and it's because it just it weighed so much to move the fucking camera, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and if you move the camera at all, you have to relight, and that takes hours. And- well, yeah, and like so much of what it feels like the revolution of M is is in finding ways to have the cover. To have a largely immobile camera cover wide areas of yeah. space, uh, uh, along with its use of sync sound, obviously. But this, these shots, like with the hammocks, then crisscrossing the screen, uh, uh, crisscrossing the screen, people kind of drifting through them, swinging. Uh, later, they are fed the infamous borscht. So uh, the 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 sides of cold beef are like hanging from racks. Yeah. People just tearing at them with their hands. It's, it, it looks pretty bad. Yeah. Um, they're like, we can't eat this. Then the ship doctor comes along and, and they're like, look, it has maggots on it. No, it has worms. Mm. And he looks closer. There's a great shot of the worms oh, all wiggling. I on mean, like, even before that, there's a great bit of him looking, like taking off his pince nez glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah and folding them to give it to him into a magnifying glass. Yeah, and he takes it closer and so you see both the quote-unquote worms and them magnified through his glass. Yeah. And this is the point when I, I had not seen this film before. I'd oh, seen really? Odessa Steps, because obviously, yeah. but I had not seen the whole film. Um, and, and I thought I would recognize more of it than I did. I did mm-hmm. recognize some of it. But this was the point when I was like, oh, no, this is good, good. Yeah. This is not, this is not good in the way that, like, I, I don't know, we talked about, like, La Atlanta, right? And that, like, La Atlanta is an interesting piece of film history and uh, invigorating to watch on those sure, terms. Yeah. But, like, Battleship Potemkin is, if you can get over it being a silent film, and that, I think, is actually really easy to get over. Mm. Uh, yeah. It uh, goes. Yeah, it, it, feel, it has a modern pace. It yeah. has, its it, it editing is obviously modern because it defined film editing. Yeah, if you find a version with a good score, it is very easy to watch. And it seems like there are like six or seven main scores for this. Mm. And it seems like they all have their arguments yeah. for and against. And like uh, the reason I, I went with closest, the one I chose for us to watch is the, the yeah, is the German Film Institute. That's not their name. Their restoration is it of like it. Bundesfilm Archive or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 which is a the one that's accessible, but also b the one because this film has been cut by so many different people in so many different ways. Uh, it is the one that's closest to the premiere version when it premiered as part of this big twenty years since nineteen oh five. Its opening mm. credits say Battleship Potemkin from Tales of nineteen oh five. Yeah which was partly this big exposition of stuff celebrating plays. I believe there were books. This was the big centerpiece. And they showed it once. It, of course, got a huge, massive reception. People fucking loved it. Apparently there were people fainting when the red flag goes up and it's actually red, hand-colored by Eisenstein. And then they did not tour it. They did not distribute it to other cinemas. They sold it to the Germans. And so the Germans have had it since then, which feels very 
strange. Yeah. I mean, I sure most film still has rights. It's like it's all over fucking YouTube. It's out of copyright now. It's nineteen twenty five, check it out, yeah. you know? So, Thank so, God so, Mickey Mouse came out after Battleship Potemkin, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, Sergey is very dead by now. Yeah, he is uh, turning in his grave, or I'm seeing a shot of his grave, then a shot of something turning, then a shot of his grave, I think. Did you get it? Yep. Uh, it is the sense, and like you're always on these real ships in like, in really in Odessa, which was fucking lucky because these are events that when they really happened, happened in Odessa. Yeah. There was not a massacre on the steps, but there were massacres elsewhere. Sure. Anyway. There were like two or three shots total where the boat is clearly a model. And then, and then, for, for, and then yeah. for the rest of them, yeah, there's like people, like, yeah, there's people on these boats, like shot, like shot during day, like shot during daytime. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it like immediately feels more like immediate than, than almost any other silent film. Well, yeah. And you are constantly, the fact that it is, all on location? Uh, I I believe so. Or, I mean, like, or yeah, like, so fucking, maybe yeah, the interiors but, are set, but, sure, so, yeah. but like 70% of this mm. film is, but, at, like, at least is on location. Yeah, there is one scene at least, which is like inside the like mess hall on the ship. Yeah. There are these tables that are like lower down from the ceiling yeah. on, on rods. This the, is where the borscht is served, because yeah. uh, just so we keep telling the story as we, as we go, because the doctor says, these aren't worms. They're maggot. Just wash them off with brine. They're fine. Yeah. And they're like, no, this is disgusting. They dream about eating some bread, maybe, but they don't. Um, and then the chef is like, okay, guess I'm turning this into borscht. And he takes the sides of uh, beef and starts so, smashing so, them with an axe for some it, reason. It's a hatchet, I believe. <laughs> what is the difference? Uh, hatchets are smaller. Oh, an, right. an axe is like a two-hander. Hatchet is one-hander. It's very odd that I never really fully learned that from the book, Gary Paulson book, Hatchet. Yep. I should have been paying closer attention, I guess. Yep. Uh, good joke. Me, I think. I think incredible mm, joke you could do. Yeah? You, you want to you like, try and get some credit for that one? I mean, I've already written it down and mailed it to myself to make sure I have the, the copyright, oh, yeah. or in my opinion, copy wrong. Information should be free. No, okay, is, no, just go take some notes on these good jokes. You know. I mean, we are recording these for no, internet no, it's, it's, not, it's not enough. It's He's not got out his moleskin, which mm. I find a little offensive, as he bought a notebook without consulting me. Yeah. When I'd say there's many books that are as good as you think moleskins I mean, are. I, 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 I just went to Paper Plus last week and yeah. I bought one that didn't seem too expensive. They didn't have any liquor terms there? I'm just saying you know. can you can pay you can get three to four times better notebooks yeah, for the same thing. This one's got like a little pocket at the back. Yeah, it doesn't have one. Yeah, so the liquor terms, mate. Yeah. You just got to Maybe I'll find out later. No, you'll find out now, motherfucker. <laughs> we are going. Stop what you're doing. We're going to Gordon Harris, <laughs> and I am going to show you some paper blanks. <laughs> I'm going to show you. Okay, what do you know about Rhodia paper? Uh, is it the preferred paper of cowboys? Do you, okay, at the very least, what are your feelings about Rhodiorama notebooks? Uh, uh, okay, do you do any research before you buy a notebook, or are you just some everyday Joe, and you go into Paper Plus, and the siren song uh, uh, of the... <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten what they're called. 
what are they fucking called? The bad one, those. Uh, yeah, the siren call. <laughs> the siren call of the moleskins pulls you close to be like, no, we are much, we are the same price as many things that are better than us, but don't look into it because we have wider market penetration. Yeah, they do. So, which kind of brings us back to money, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, 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 he is swinging at this beef with a hatchet and the crewmen are like, what are you doing? That's fucking gross. And he's like, borscht time. And they are served borscht in this dining hall. Talk about it, Ben. The like, great thing about this dining hall, and like, what makes me think it was shot on, on board the actual ship. Or at least on, you know, those sets that can wobble. I can't sure, remember what they're yeah. called. Yeah. These metal tables are lowered down from the ceiling on, like, arms, and these tables are just, like, swinging back and forth with the ship with every movement. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah. There's a great bit where there's, like, some sort of, like, hinge on the side of a boat which is not, like, built for this purpose, but for, like, a bunch of guys are using the hinge to, like, cut the heads off of fish that they just yeah, caught. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah. Uh, they uh, refuse to eat the borscht because it sucks. Yes. Uh, which is uh, uh, the real thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and and this is seen as an act of unforgivable insubordination. Well, they, they to end the, the part, they discover, they find one of their plates, which on it says, Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, quotes a bit of a Lord's Prayer. The sailor who is holding this plate and reads this inscription just gets furious about it and smashes yeah. it. Yeah. This is like where you give the like real start of the like action editing that like Eisenstein is pioneering here. There has been a noticeably brisk pace oh, yes. up until this point. Uh, absolutely. It is it is cutting faster than a lot of modern films do they said the most recent film i saw was the northman so how long a shot should last is entirely distorted for me but yeah it starts off like a mid shot of him of him holding it yeah cuts from a mid shot of like his torso to a mid shot of his like upper torso and face as he like pulls his hand back and it mm. cuts into his eyes and his eyes look narrow yeah and it cuts to his hand and he smashes it and it's all it's all done super quickly and it's so it feels so unlike anything else you, you'd see in a movie from this time period and it is the amount of like close-ups in this, yeah. the the way he, because to me, like what I learned about Eisenstein is obviously the whole theory of montage mm. thing, which is kind of his big thing after Battleship Potemkin and maybe Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. Anyway, I have not seen any of his other films. No, I, when I got here today, I was like, oh yeah, I was going to try and watch Strike and like nah, at least part yeah. one of Ivan the Terrible. Strike, but- which also came out this year mm. as kind of part of the celebration. Yeah. Thing. I think they possibly both started because the plan was originally that it be an episodic script, eight episodes, and they even, I think, shot a couple, but then were like, Eisenstein was like, I'm only 27, that's right, he was fucking 27 when he was commissioned by the government to make the biggest film they would ever make, it's fine, I'm fine. I've I've still got like, I've still got uh, three years to make a Potemkin. Yeah. Just call up Jacinda and be like, hey. Do you need some propaganda made? Yeah. I'm basically too late to make a Citizen Kane, but I can still do a Pashemkin. Uh And he, oh, come on. And he was like, nah, let's just focus on one. Let's focus on the one that is either the shortest or second shortest. And so he uh, reworked it with the, the script writer um, who wrote the original thing. And I think Strike is also part of that right was with they were the two projects that came out of it this was the major one um and then we get now we're in part two 
we are in drama on deck where the the captain the admiral is like everyone get together and we get the real beginning of the greatest special effect is of course lots of people yeah we get like 200 300 people in in a swarm like kids lining up for an assembly and like it does a fantastic job of of establishing the geography of his deck and like where different doors lead to and, and like is and whose side different people are on yeah, yeah. And, and and like and like and like what it means to come out of a particular door or use a particular staircase mm. it like establishes both the geography and the class politics of the geography so effectively all of this all of this movie rock but like this bit especially on the deck is is so is so fantastic well and it builds and builds to this point of yeah no i'm i'm ripping dvds <laughs> a, a, yeah. as we go through this and and user has currently got uh ron uh, has currently got anchorman and uh, uh was it like ron burgundy the legend continues or something anchorman wake up ron burgundy oh. which is not the sequel no no it, it, yeah it's, it's the one it's it's the it's the like bonus movie they made from the deleted scenes yeah. and like yeah I got this for $5 at a warehouse. Uh, uh, I, Maybe still too much. I have three discs. That's like 12 gigabytes of content. <laughs> 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 um, and there's much posturing, much kind of oppression, a lot of one against many, many against one imagery. And uh, it builds to the point where uh, a group of them... Well, well, the first thing that happens once everyone is out on the deck is everyone essentially standing in groups of of the roles that play on the ship. Like, normal seamen over here, next to them you have, you have the, like, lower-ranking officers. Then in the, in the middle you have you have higher-ranking officers, and each of these, like, different groups are, like, differentiated by uniform, but they're also differentiated by class. And they get much less, like... The people at the very top of the line are incredibly like strict and straight, yeah, uh, picture perfect. And the lower down the class ladder we go, the kind of more messy and human, and almost like silent film slapstick, they get these big kind of morphing herds uh, uh, of people. Like, like as I said, like five year olds lining up for a school assembly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and the 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 the. the 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 first thing that the admiral says is anyone who anyone who is satisfied with the borscht step forward and all the petty officers step forward i wonder if the word petty has any other meaning when it comes to communism yeah i don't think so i'm not aware <laughs> yeah so yes yeah, so then just an incredible shrug so everyone. so 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 that so they all step forward and like a couple of the other seamen step forward and the admiral says to them okay if, if, if everyone who stepped forward can go the rest of you which is most of the sailors on the boat yeah. i'll hang you from a yard arm you are scoundrels and i will hang you from the yard arm yeah and then there's a couple of great shots of these sailors looking up to like tallest mast yeah and, and, they, and they like imagine their bodies hanging from it which is uh, uh, which is uh, really good. Yeah, and he uh, throws the 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 captain throws canvas over them and yep. instructs the other shoot the 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 other soldiers to to fire at them. And I got to tell you, at this moment, oh, I'm watching the people get leery. Yeah, it's not very pretty. I tell you, walking through town oh, is God. quite scary. He's, he's it's not very sensible either. A friend of a friend, he got beaten. 
He looked the wrong way at a policeman. It would have never happened to Smeaton, an old Leodensian. La, la, la. La, 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 la. La, la, la. La, la. La, 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 la. I predict a riot. Uh, and oh, the leader of these rebels, of this revolutionary, yeah. calls out as they are about to shoot. What he, does he call out? Well, so his name is... His name is Grigory Vakulinchuk. Yeah. He's played by Alexander Antonov, who is also in Strike. Yeah, and one of the very few professional actors mm. uh, in this film. Uh, at the end, no one is listed individually. It is like starring the people of Odessa, the, yep. the Navy of Blank, and one more group of people, or like the local theatrical society, I think. He yells out, brothers, who are you shooting at? Yeah. And they're like, oh. and, and, and that's when I start to get chills. Okay, this, uh, this look, this, this movie fucking works on me. I like the thing I keep bumping. We're, we're we'll get to Odessa very soon to the steps. Well, and to the place. Um, I realized I didn't finish my point earlier. They're like, like Odessa was a center of film and was the one place with a naval yard with an era appropriate ship they could use. The yeah. Potemkin having been destroyed. Uh, routinely like two years before which seems short-sighted but anyway and, and so they were so ready to fake being elsewhere but no it's actually they actually did it in odessa where it happened anyway that's just a great like thing coming together for this film yeah. like it adds there is there's power in seeing masses of people walk through odessa the way they really did you know yeah while on the full deck vacuum and chuck is is like trying to get the soldiers to like not shoot yeah. the, the sailors. Uh, uh, we see a a uh, crazy old like wild haired uh, priest come out on the top deck, and he's he's holding a big gold crucifix, and he's like, "Oh no!" Uh, and, and and of course, uh, you think like you you like think he's going to say, "No, don't shoot them." Yeah, uh, uh, but of course, this, this is a, a Soviet propaganda film, and. and and it's like clear, clearly from the like our daily bread thing, uh, not uh, pro Christian. Uh, I you could read. I know it is not accurate. You could read to give us our day our daily bread thing as look how far they have strayed from this. But sure. that's not. But no. Well, anyway. But but yeah, like I, I, I would say, like if 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 that plate like became a symbol of a revolution, then. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, and, uh, abso- yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But the whole thing is like destroying the plate, destroying the false promise. Oh so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, so he 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 comes down on the deck and like raises up his crucifix and says, "Dear Lord, make the make the disobedient see reason." Yeah, and then immediately like, ah, this priest is gonna fucking get it. And yeah, and then a riot starts and yeah. goes on for about ten minutes of dope action, including like a guy basically doing flips onto bits of the boat, a guy. Fighting the priest, yelling, beat it, sorcerer. Yeah. There's uh, a guy great. being chased around the officer's quarters, and he climbs up the piano trying to escape. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shoot some people. Well, and then we just get, and it's 10, 15 minutes of revenge porn, right? Yeah. And it is just this mass of people furiously yeah. and at length beating their oppressors. Yeah, it is all the officers being, like, beaten or killed, or thrown overboard. And really reveling in both the joy of the people harming them and the fear and pain of of the people they are killing. Yeah. Uh, they shove a bunch of... There's an incredible 
someone is thrown into the sea and they do a backflip off the boat. It's great. Multi- yeah. When multiple other people we see thrown into the sea. Um, but it does, it is like we started with Michael Bay style machine porn, right? Which we will be seeing a lot of. And now we see this kind of same angle of like incredibly crafted, like celebration of the murder of other humans, you know? And like, like this is my battle with Potemkin. Because, like, yeah, as I said, we'll get to Odessa but and, and the steps. But obviously there is the baby carriage going down the steps. Yeah. The mother who is shot, who who lies on the ground, who knocks the carriage down. Yeah, and, 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 and what, one, of, one of the, like, great death scenes in all cinema. Uh, incredible. Great work. Uh, 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 was renowned, built a career off this moment. She was an Italian-Russian uh, woman. Uh, uh, she became a, a Soviet envoy to Italy and then, of course, was killed in the 30s, no, in the early 40s in Stalin's purges, uh, which admittedly did also kill probably two million, one million to two million other people. Uh, like having that, I hit on that fact. Uh, her name is uh, Beatrice Vitaldi. Yeah. And, like, obviously I'm not pretending that I didn't know about Stalin's purges before then because... Uh, I'm sorry if people out there have thought of me as naive, but uh, I did in fact know. But it is the fact that this film is, I don't know why it is okay to like this film, but not Triumph of the Will. And to be clear, my position would be we can appreciate both technically and but resist them ideologically. And it do you understand the balance I'm trying to strike? I mean, this... I am not... I'm not calling Battleship Potemkin bad. I mean, like, this... Like, this is a story of, like, people rising up against oppressors. Yeah, but so is... So is Triumph of the Will. No, it's just because you agree with this more. It is... You agree with this more. I agree with... That's why we started talking about money. I mean, sure. But, but like... I'm not saying... I don't think you think that, like... Like no, no. How the Soviet government went was great. It was a terrible, bad idea. That simply they should not have at all. No, sure, I, I, I no I, notes. I, I, there I, are no I, notes. You I just give. fundamentally disagree that this is morally comparable to to Triumph of the Will. I mean, like this is a movie celebrating the Russian Revolution and and all that sort of stuff. I guess, like, just as the Triumph of the Will is celebrating the, the, the like rise of, of of Nazism. Yeah, but I'd say the difference is that like. This like this movie primarily is about like is like m- like more 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 than being about how the Soviets are great. It's about class struggle. No, which which, which triumph of the will is like like that like that 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 is like that is just a celebration of the might and glory of Nazi Germany. Uh, uh, obviously, class struggle is 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 a real. Thing. like listen to any other episode of this i think we should ban money <laughs> i think being a landlord should be illegal mm. i don't think there should really be that many white people in aotearoa at all uh, I, I including myself to be clear um i to me they are both i do not believe that class, class struggle is the prominent thing about this i believe that they are both films both propaganda works of incredible skill 
made by totalitarian regimes to sell the virtues uh, uh, of their current uh, 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 purported ideology through a heavily manicured and controlled recreation of a real event. And it is that, and I mean, Triumph of the Will is not a recreation, but it was it was essentially a film set. Anyway, um, and Potemkin, yes, is about class struggle, but class struggle to Potemkin to the Soviet era, and especially as it would go on, um, was... Uh, uh, was Google saying "Don't be evil"? It, it, it was it was the brand name under which they stood. And like, yes, absolutely. At this moment in 1925, I am sure that in 1925, I would be here in New Zealand, uh, uh, being like, "Here is the thing: Is he perfect? Has the first five years succeeded? No, but like." Stalin's the best option we got. Yeah, the way that, at least he's trying. The way that left, leftists ten years ago were like, okay, Hugo and Hugo Chavez sucks a bit, but at least we got a proper socialist somewhere, right? It, it is the fact that this is a work of a monstrous regime to glorify itself, and I just don't buy. I believe that Eisenstein buys class struggle. Yeah. He's done a great job. I just, it is the context, right? And the comparison to make, right, is, is Battleship isn't good. No. It is a bad film. Almost every element of it is bad. Like, the thing to know about Battleship, we'll discuss it in depth, obviously. It's the concept of the podcast. But, like, the sequence in Battleship where they play Battleship is the worst part of Battleship. <laughs> That's all you need to know. But, like, Battleship exists because a movie company wanted their own Transformers and Hasbro wanted to make more money off their th- uh, yeah. off off their um off off their board game off their board game yeah, it, 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 it it is as nakedly capitalist as any film well, has ever been and, and it's cynical right yeah and I think Adelship Potemkin is equally cynical the difference is that it is good and to be clear Battleship Potemkin being a revolutionary work of film art which it a hundred percent is yeah. it is separate i would say from it being good do you know what i mean like it's the lad lanta thing lad lanta is a marker in film but it's not good do you know what i mean in the way that you could just watch it now you understand the division i'm <laughs> making right um and like yeah that's the cynicism it's the same cynicism i see in both and that they exist to serve something that is not actually within the film. And it is that one surpasses that, or at least really tries to, and the other casts Rihanna as a wise-cracking sailor, as if that's a good idea, you know? Yeah. And Brooklyn Decker as the daughter of Liam Neeson. But it buys her, it sells her as a physiotherapist, which I absolutely buy. No, no, she 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 spends a lot of that physiotherapy just do do, do doing like armchair psychiatry on the guy. Yeah, because she's a movie character. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of armchair psychiatry, armchair psychiatry in Battleship Potemkin. No, I can't think of no, any examples. No, yeah, it? I refuse to be pressed on this. No, I'm dead certain. <laughs> do you understand what I am saying about? Potemkin. It is not me saying it is bad. Sure, I just don't. I don't. I don't think I agree with you that they're comparable. 
they are like on a like to be clear if we're ranking them it goes battleship potemkin triumph of the will battleship (laughs) but they all exist for the same reason and a thing that helps battleship potemkin (laughs) is that the people watching it who are mostly leftist you know film film academics and film fans Mm. who are generally left wing sure you know um and because like everything that's in it we agree with and it is the problem is is like there's nothing in passion of the christ that is inherently like the fact that italians showed it to 60 year olds is a problem right but like there's nothing inherently within that film that's a problem. No, I'm pretty sure Passion of the Christ has the scene where, where all the Jewish leaders say, "Let his blood oh, be yeah. upon us." No, no, no. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. That's a very bad example. Yes, but do you understand like the kind of thing I'm gesturing towards, right? Sure. Uh, uh, and yeah, no, I can I can totally buy someone looking at Potemkin and being like, "No, no, no. This is about class. Class struggle wins out in the melange of things." I just anyway, so. They go, their leader, what's his name? Vakulinchuk. Vakulinchuk. He's fallen on some ropes. They go to save him, but sadly he dies. Well, yeah, well, it just, not, 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 nice, nice use of a passive voice there, you. He, 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 is, he is shot by one, of the, by, <laughs> yeah. by one of the officers. To be clear, I am a cowardly journalist yes. writing this up and not just someone who forgot the precise circumstances of how he got on that rope. Yeah, be like final act or, or be like final act of the battle between the sailors and yep. the officers as the Daculinchuk is shot by, by the like captain of a boat or something. Yeah, just after he's thrown the doctor off the side, being like, now you, now the worms will eat you. Yeah. In Soviet Russia, worms <laughs> eat you, he yells. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, so Vakulinchuk is shot, and he, he like, fall, he falls into some, into some rigging that's like trailing the yeah. water, and a bunch of the soldiers jump and save him, but he dies. Mm. And so his body is taken to Odessa, and a shrine is, and, and yeah, and, and like a shrine is built for him, where like civilians come to pay their respects to this great revolutionary. Yeah, that's the beginning of part three. Yeah, the dead man calls out, um, and yeah, so they kind of build a shrine to him, and you see one or two people. A woman brings her kids to see the corpse. Yeah, they put uh, 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 a woman calls out, and they put a sign on him that says. For a spoonful of borscht, you know, mm. and word grows and grows, and it is this is like you're like yeah, people together more and more becomes these massive crowds of people surging through Odessa. It it is inspiring stuff, mm. right? Um, and nothing bad is going to happen to those crowds of people. No, this is the point where someone yells out. Yeah, it was the Jews death to the Jews? And yeah, and and yeah, and and, and both and both of us uh, reflexively flinched. Yeah, because and, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if this film yeah, went like, anti-Semitic. Yeah, right? like, I, 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 I had absolutely seen this movie before, but I'd forgotten yeah. about that moment. But like, also, I know that like the protocols of Elves of Zion were like first spread in Russia. Yeah, uh, uh, it's like it's a ho- the hobby of anti-Semitism. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then, and then this guy's like, yeah, the. The, the the bloody Jews did it, and then everyone in the crowd turns around and looks at this guy, and he's like, "Eh, eh," and they're like, "No," and he's like, "Oh fuck!" And the, 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 the like crowd just surges on this anti semite, yeah. and and then like and like grinds him into the dust. Uh, and, and here the the Potemkin raises its red flag for the first time. 
uh, uh, which is hand colored in and just, it looks so like yeah. it is genuinely like, like I, 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 we just need with this and greed, I, we need black and white with only a couple of things in color yeah. to be uh, uh, an aesthetic that's more widely used and not just Sin City and Pleasantville, you know? Uh, and uh, Schindler's, uh, Schindler's, Schindler's List. Well, Schindler's List, with it being red and a piece of fabric, is oh, oh, yeah. almost certainly a reference to yeah. this. And I wish that, like, one of my complaints about Schindler's List, good film, is that it's not hand-colored, like it should be. It's just you know it's yeah. what it's the red it really was anyway yeah the, yeah the, yeah it, it it is it is always it is always so great to see like yeah it just just like a tiny bit of color in a, in a black and white movie like that, that 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 that's the thing I love that's the thing I love about Nosferatu oh it, yeah it, yeah it, yeah it, yeah it's like how it demarcates different types of different times of day by having this tint yeah yeah, yeah yeah having a tint like orange or purple that always rules well and that was in in remembering the silent era in black and white as opposed to monochrome which is anyway sure. uh, uh is that we flatten the fact that those were like just standard conventions yeah all, most if not all silent films had shit like that um and then that this leads us revolution starts People start fighting back. Yeah, there's, there is a like great moment. I think while people are reading out, like maybe like an account of Vaculin Chuk's death or something. Yeah, and and like yeah, and everyone starts like chanting down of tyranny, and there are a bunch of like great close ups on hands as everyone does the Arthur like fist clinching meme. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is incredibly strong, and this all builds to the authorities arrive. They start fighting people, and this takes yeah. us into part four, which is called the Odessa Staircase and chronicles an event that didn't happen, uh, the massacre of the Odessa Steps. There were massacres. Uh, I've already said that. Um, but, like, this is the iconic bit of the film, a film that is all, like, any segment of the... Oh, I yep. don't know. Segments two through four for sure. each... No, anyway. Opening with a rotten meat bit is... is oh, yeah, uh, no, it iconic. is. Yeah. It, it is. It's all strong. It's yep. all good. But it is, like, Roger Ebert, I think, made the point that it is, like, yeah, there was no battle of Odessa steps. And now it, it kind of feels like there is in history, you know? So yeah, Odessa steps, 15 minute long action scene, right? Uh, I think, I think it's, it's like, it's like seven or eight. Uh, it just feels like, yeah, like it, 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 it like, yeah, it, it, it does, it does feel, it does feel epic. Yeah. These, uh, these Russian troops, um, Cossacks, Cossacks are mu- just, just like Goldeneye, like the dance, Goldeneye when Sean, Sean, Sean Bean's parents are Leanne's Cossack traitors. Yeah. Uh, I think that I've never really known what it means, but yeah, it's, no. it's stuck in my mind since I was like five. Yeah. Imprinted on my yeah. brain too. Uh, 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 uh uh, uh, like how that you you're introduced by to to Sean Bean because Pierce Brosnan has of course bungee jumped off the dam into yeah. the thing uses the laser to cut it open and there's the guy on the toilet he drops his newspaper and Pierce Brosnan's there upside down he says awfully sorry forgot to knock and then punches him and you're like great <laughs> and then you see him kind of climb cat like out and then he walks out and he's adjusting his shirt and you're like that's so cool but anyway he dodges some kitchen guys but then he gets into the food store and he's looking around and then sean bean jumps out points his gun with this fucking dope silence on a silence on it and he says something in russian 
And Pierce Brosnan says in response, I'm alone. <laughs> and it's just been in my, like, you know, there are bits of that film yeah. that will never leave me. Mini Driver singing badly will never leave me. Uh, to be clear, I think Mini Driver is a good singer in real life. I'm talking about her deliberately bad singing in Goldeneye. Uh, Alan Cumming is it a Russian as uh, a Russian hacker? Boris. Yeah, Boris. I am invincible. <laughs> when he's clicking the pen. Yeah. Oh my god, Goldeneye, check it out. Yeah. Drake Dubai, New Zealand. The, uh, the first James Bond movie I ever saw. Mine too, maybe. Good. Anyway, uh, enough about films that were released before Finn was born. Oh, no, it, it was released the year I was born, wasn't it? It was 95. 90- oh, what's that? It was 97 is Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, gross. Okay. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh though. Yeah, uh, any and, she, and, and she's never been in a bad movie like uh, the Mummy Tomb of a Dragon Emperor. That's a classic. Yeah, she's never been in a bad movie like uh, Last Christmas. Yeah, fuck you, that is all good. I, I, I yeah, I know that's why I picked that one because I know you like it. But it is you. You are still my young Padawan learner. My young Padawan <laughs> learner. Oh. Listen to me, Obi-Wan, it's me, Film Yoda. <laughs> oh, you have not yet. That sounds racist, right? I'm so that's, sorry. That's, that's why it's really funny. I was really, I promise I was just really aiming for Yoda, but quite failing to summon uh, he, Frank he, Oz's he, voice. Yeah, he, here's the thing. I, I've, I've been saying this for years. You are no Frank Oz. <laughs> I mean... Uh, that's a compliment you, to both of you're, us. You're 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 a Dave Goals, maybe. <laughs> uh, 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 you you are yet to listen, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just sounds like you're doing Chinese. No, that's I was speaking in my own voice. Then what do you lo- listen, my Padawan learner? Yeah. You yet have not learnt the difference between bad and not to your taste. No, mm. we, 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 we've we've been over this before. These steps. Well, uh, there's a quick bit at the beginning where a bunch of civilian boats go out to celebrate yep. with the Potemkin. Anyway, so um, uh, uh, down these steps that go forever, these Cossacks and, and these people just running, a million people, these yep. constantly moving shots down the side, just running and pacing this movement. A kid is oh, yeah. shot and then trampled. His mum picks him up towards the Cossacks. Please, this kid is hurt and then just shot. Yeah. Like, and, and, holy shit. And, and like something something that is really impressive about this scene is it makes no sense geographically. The like size of his skiers is constantly shrinking. Like how far away the, this, the soldiers are from a crowd constantly changes. But it is so fucking thrilling the whole time that it does that it does not matter. Yeah, if you, if you look for it, you can really, really tell how often people are getting very close to the bottom, and then they're cutting further yeah. up. But you don't. When you are watching it, you don't notice. It just all feels. No, it, it is. It is. It is not a cinema sin. It's a movie. Well, That's how movies work. And, and these three older women are like, if we just go talk to them. And, and and they pop out their their shot, and then of course there's a woman with a, with a stroller with a wee bubble in it, or oh, little baby, baby, or oh, little baby, and uh, she is shot. She falls against the baby yeah, carriage. Yeah, she, 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 she spends like 30 seconds dying. Yeah, I mean yeah. everyone's spe- the, the the only bit of Odessa steps that doesn't feel modern. Apart from it being in a silent film, is the amount of time we get with each person dying. Sure, yeah. Everything else. And so we have this baby oh, carriage oh, oh, oh. bouncing and skittering, 
and it is so, you know, it is one of the film and images I've seen the most yeah, replicated yes. and itself. One of the like other like main shots of cinema is is another one from like this part of the Odessa step sequence mm. where there is a woman with pince-nez glasses yep. who, who, who's like walking up towards who's walking up towards the soldiers and there is a there is a like quick cut of just like a man's face as as he like wields a stick yep. and then it cuts back to her and the glasses are like shattered in the middle yep. and there was blood just like in the center of her forehead as she falls to the ground it is you feel the impact and it is even though you like like uh, Marion being stabbed in the shower in Psycho, mm. one of the most over-determined sequences. You can find a million books written on it, cut by cut. And but in the moment, like you're like that baby's gonna fall out of that fucking carriage. Yeah. All the it's so horrible. At the end, they're walking down past all these bodies, and it's like this makes no sense based on what we've seen. But it is like it is miraculously good. Mm. It is crazy. And you must think, like, cameras at their weight to get this shit. Mm. He must have been so like, no, you've got to fucking trust me, guys. Yeah. God, it's good. One of the things about this sequence in particular is there are a bunch of people who are missing limbs in it. At least one or two people who just have, like, one leg. There, There is one guy, like, moving around with no legs, using his arms to get around mainly. And there's a, there's a book on one of Yufa's book, uh, bookshelves, uh, which is called Film Essays and a Lecture by Sergei Eisenstein. I was perusing it earlier. I just and you hear that word so rarely yeah. is why I'm laughing. There is an essay in there called "The Method of Making Workers' Films," where he talks about the like roots of socialist filmmaking, and and like, and like what, what what and like what it means to make a film that is both like about and for workers. Yeah, and there is a bit where where he, he talks about the fundamentally bourgeois nature of, mo- of of most filmmaking, and like specifically calls out the sweet middle class poison of Mary Pickford. At one point he says, the bourgeois cinema is no less aware than we are of class taboos. In New York City's censorship regulations, we find a list of thematic attractions undesirable for film use. Quote, relations between labor and capital appears alongside sexual perversion, excessive brutality, and physical deformity. Yeah, and, and, and so like part of what to Eisenstein makes something like a socialist or communist film, what makes something a worker's film, is showing human imperfection. Yeah. Acknowledging the fact that like, People continue to live after they have lost limbs. In like so many American movies, if you were to have a character who's lost limbs, you would have it. You would have a character be played by someone with all their limbs. Yeah, and like, or or, or or they are like, or they are villainous, and that is part of their villainy. Yeah, but but but, but, but he's like, no, these are regular people who are trying to live their lives just 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 as much as anyone else, and it and it is they like, and it is it is it is harder for them. And and but like they still have to live in this world that's built for people who 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 like who have like great a greater level of function, and yeah, I think that's it's w- weirdly a, a thing that it has in common with battleships, sort of. Yeah, it, it, no, it, no, it, 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 it has a big focus in battleship on, on on like what it means for like soldiers to lose limbs. Well, there is uh, Gregory D. Gadsden. Mm who was a motivational speaker and retired colonel in the United States Army, uh, 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 who lost both of his legs below the knee. Um, And he, no, above the knee. Anyway, he hasn't got shins. Um, And and he walks with metal legs. Uh, As we later hear, uh, someone needs to summon courage, and he says, 
You acquire that damn courage or I'll break off one of my steel legs in your ass. Great. It's uh, exactly the kind of film this is. Yeah, because it is an American studio picture that is deeply cynical. Emo is trying to have this message about yeah. disability, what it means to like, lose limbs or whatever. Yeah. There is a bit where like Hamish Linklater's nerdy scientist character sees him for the first time and starts freaking out going, oh, fuck, it's a cyborg. Ah, no. Oh, you're a cyborg. And then like hides from him. It, it is, I, I think the inclusion in both reveals a lot about both films. Yeah. And they're like, because so much of like Gadsden as an arc, as a film, as a character, his arc through Battleship is done in terms of war. Yeah. Like he is not good enough to go to war and then he demonstrates that he is by fist fighting an alien. Yeah. Um, but, but, but like, but like he, 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 he is always, he, he's always this this like bastion of stoicism. Yeah, he, he, he he's this like this like giant brick wall of a man. Yeah, I lost my fight when I lost half my body. Yeah, um, yeah, he's mainly with uh, uh, Brooklyn Decker, who's a physio, uh, who's his physio. They go for a walk and accidentally, of course, become part of the action with a bunch of nerds. Yeah, um, and in Battleship Potemkin, because I'm absolutely with Eisenstein on all of that. But I think it is telling about Potemkin that the place outside of his theory of montage, he could explore what he considers the most socialist way of making film is in extras casting. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and that is not a criticism of Eisenstein. No, it sure. Is, yeah. it, is, it is a one. Eisenstein, a good filmmaker. Yes. And, um, then at the end of the, the part, the Odessa staircase, we get some sweet ass shots of explosions. The sailors on the battleship Potemkin are like moving into range of a city, and they are firing on the headquarters of, of local soldiers. Yeah, so people will stop attacking the civilians. And then we get to the final part, all against one, part five, where the 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 Cossacks have sent other boats out to take out the yep. Potemkin. So we get uh, uh, an extended. This is our naval battle sequence yep. that Berg clearly really studied, where this big Russian destroyer boat that that is kind of horrific and modern is coming, lines up, ready to shoot. We get this incredible set of shots of this can- the front of a cannon just creeping upwards yeah. into frame. Yeah. It's so it's so frightening. It's so good. You see both these boats like aim their guns at each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much tension. There's so, this is almost like this is the peak for me of Eisenstein's oh. theory of montage. As much as Odessa Steps is a a, a glittering all time great example of it, this we're just cutting between so many people looking so tense. The stakes feel so real. Yeah. Night came. Reads one of the subtitles. Full of anxiety. And you feel it, and it builds and builds to this moment. One of the sailors on the Potemkin, they are seconds away from from both sides firing on each other. A a fight that the Potemkin will undoubtedly lose. Yeah, it's it's going to get just utterly destroyed. Yeah, the guy who is now making the decisions on the Potemkin says to the like semaphore flag guy, ask him to join us. And and so he does. He does the flag stuff, like on the Beatles album cover. Yeah. Uh, where they weren't actually spelling out help. Yeah. Uh, and they were, because the photos were rearranged, they were in fact spelling different wrong things in different countries. Yeah. And this is all still in the middle of 
this is the big sequence of mechanics born where so much of this getting ready and this tension is people like pulling big chains so guns will fall into position or or changing hatches or people being readied and like the tension is like will people set this wick or turn this wheel and it is like this is what turns into Thunderbirds this is what turns into Avangelion you know uh, uh, and it makes the machines feel like titans, right? Like godlike, powerful, in a way that is kind of the whole job of Battleship that it fails. Uh, yes. And yet, this, in a film about two normal boats, 20 slash 117, 18 years ago, manages it effortlessly. Uh, it, it, it's really incredible. So they call out, and they call out Brothers, this incredible title card, which just is Brothers all cap exclamation yeah. mark. And, and then the sailors, on the, the sailors on the other boat choose to ignore the commands of their superior officers telling yeah. them to fire, and they all run out onto the deck and look down at the Potemkin and wave, and all the sailors on the, on the, on the Potemkin look up and wave, mm. and... Yeah, it, 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 is, it is this moment of all of these men who exist essentially only as cannon fodder for, 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 the, yeah. for, the, for the czarist government. They make a decision for themselves to like not kill their brothers, to not kill their comrades. And, and this... And this, this, is, this is the other moment where I get chills. Considering that this is historical propaganda, is such a perfect ending, like mm. an echo of the first moment. But of the events that really occurred, that opening, stopping the people being shot, look who they're shooting, and this are the two that definitely really happened kind of in these terms. Right. I mean, uh, it wasn't outside Odessa. By that point, the Potemkin had tried to flee to Romania. That's a whole... Right, yeah. There's a whole thing about them trying to flee to Romania in real the real world that reads to me, having read... Two Wikipedia pages on the subject, yeah, uh, is is justifiably actually too complicated to include. Sure, it includes yeah. a bit more moving, um, but it is yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it like it like ends with 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 the ships in this blockade allow, allowing the Potemkin through, and yeah, and, and, and this moment of unity between, yeah. This, this moment of unity between between all of these sailors. It is, yeah, it really lands it. Mm. It's really good, that ending. And a part of what it works with it is how sculpted the spectacle of those moments is, right? Like, the amount of time uh, uh, he puts into you feeling that the tension and almost like the certainty. We've just seen death up until this point. The when release comes, it feels like kind of heavenly, I guess. And that is like good propaganda, right? Like yeah. that's all the feeling. You end up feeling everything he wants you to feel, which makes Eisenstein a good director and a good propagandist, right? Yeah, absolutely. So out of shape or sound, what do you call Battleship Potemkin? Uh, I think it is sound. Yeah. This is one of the first things yeah. I came up with for this podcast. And the entire time we've been doing this podcast, the plan was to have an Australian comedian called Josh Thompson yeah. on, on on this episode, uh, but he is uh, currently not in the country. Uh, but he fucking hates this movie. Yeah, 
uh, he eventually he, we'll get him back on. Sure, yeah. And we'll do this and Pokemon the first movie or something, right? Yeah, uh, but yeah, it, 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 it was it was supposed to be an episode where where one person just really didn't like the movie. But we got that. I uh, disagree with Josh. Uh, this is one of my favorite silent films. I find a lot of it incredibly moving. The action sequences are like still incredibly thrilling yeah. almost a hundred years later. It is really, really incredible filmmaking. Yes. I really, it gets me too. And, and it is, it is, it is, I think our difference, right, is how cynical we see it as sure. being. And, and I, and I am not saying it is bad by saying it's cynicism works on me and gets a sincere response out of me. That is the work of good art, right? Sure. It, it, it is so constructed to make something spontaneous happen in my heart, I guess. And like fucking massive congrats, Sergey. It is, it is the moral dimension to that that I wobble around, especially with its continued there, there are so many uh, uh, films of similar scale from this era that are much less lauded as good, even though this is, to be clear, this is good. But like uh, Birth of a Nation and Intolerance, which are both worse films, but equally innovative in sure, some yeah. ways, are not, you know, broaching the top 10 of the BFI Shite and sound less. Yeah. And I think, like, potentially part of that is, like, Russia has always been incredibly aware uh, of the power of cultural cachet overseas, right? Like, uh, allegedly, when the Bolshoi Ballet travels overseas, there is a group of people whose job is only to sit in the front two rows of every performance and start a standing ovation at the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think that both Battleship Potemkin's continued reverence and relevance is both 100% earned and possibly uh, a successful Russian sire. Do you know what I'm saying? Possibly. Sure. Uh and it just it complicates. You can tell I have very complicated yeah, feelings yeah. with that. And so I am calling it and except it is incredibly good to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. It's just not sound. Do you understand? Like sure. sound being a slightly different thing. But like absolutely watch this film. Yeah. It, it, it is a great and thrilling uh, uh, popcorn silent film that is also an incredibly and justifiably influential work of art. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is. One of the films that Michael Mann has, has, has in his sight and sound list. Yeah. Uh, alongside Avatar and Beautiful. Yeah, but like absolutely, right? Oh, yeah. It, it is, God, like you see why it works, yeah. right? I mean, like the like entire thing of Michael Mann is like sneaking leftist politics into incredibly thrilling action sequences. Film sound Nicholas. Yeah. As you know, we keep running ranked lists. Uh, we do on social media platform Letterboxd. People keep trying to stop us. We won't give in. Yeah, fuck you. I won't do what you tell us. <laughs> uh, um, where we rank every film we have watched for this podcast. Um, I have on that list ranked Battleship Potemkin at number thirty-nine. 
which is one step above the Battle of Algiers and one step beneath Force Majeure. Mm. I, I have it at number 35, one place above Grand Illusion and one place below A Man Escaped. That makes sense. Now, Finn. Yes. I think even as much as I have, uh, uh, as we've seen uh, complex feelings over this, I'm still broadly in support of it. Yeah. Uh, 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 I hope I have navigated that at least uh, uh, slightly as well as I'd, I'd hoped oh. to. Finn, we've been, uh, you know, I've been more complicated about it, but we've both been positive about Battleship Potemkin. Yeah. Are you interested in what a, a negative angle on this film looks like? You know what? Sure. Okay. So I have a half star review here. Did 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 you, did you manage to find one that's like actually like there's actually interesting, or, or is it just someone being like, "Oh, silent films. Ugh. Why am I why am I on this website for film discussion?" No. Okay. Good. Uh, 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 I think this is. Uh, uh, I think there is a good premise in this that's not well explored. This is by Lydia Roberts, who uh, on, on Letterboxd, a half-star review. I am continually baffled by the high praises Eisenstein is continually sung. He treats film as a science rather than an art. I think there is something in that. Sure, yeah. His work revolves entirely around the political premise. There's also something in that. Whatever message it wants to push and the editing. I can't deny the importance of montage, and I do like the form. The intercutting in Nick Rogue's Don't Look Now is beyond genius and wouldn't exist without Battleship Potemkin. Like, what a weird example to pick. I mean, it, you know. Oh, no, I, I, think, I think that might be the point they're making. But Eisenstein's applications are so lifeless and boring. Uh, right. You see? Okay. Uh, no number of extras running around on screen will ever make up for the lack of character anyone has. Uh, uh, there is a, yep. Okay. So it is not following that optional rule of storytelling, uh, to no loss. Of course, I'm never really going to sit well with anything pro communism. I mean, it had to be coming. You could feel it, but it wasn't even an issue this time. Knowing the sequences, knowing what's coming, I even felt more bored, even more detached than ever before. It took every ounce of strength. It took every ounce of strength I could muster to keep myself focused, and it's just not worth it. I'm all concerned. All I'm concerned with in a work of art is that it feels honest, human, real, and Battleship Potemkin fails miserably at every aspect. Like, every part of that I don't quite understand, because I think they're using code to be like, I want formal realism, right? Like yeah, like as 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 I said, there are like moments where both bishops lower their guns and all the sailors run out and greet each other is such a human moment, and yeah. it, it, it is not like super realistic. There's a bunch of shots of everyone like throwing their yeah, hats up in the air. It, but, but this it, is a film told through abstraction. Nothing yeah. in it is pretending to be real, real. Hmm. Yeah, it, it it is it is getting it like real is getting it real human emotions. I've seen all of Eisenstein's works, except for Ivan Part 2, which I still have some hope for, and I'm confident in saying he is incapable of moving me in any single direction other than out of the room so I don't have to sit through some more tedium. I mean, like, yes, but also, like, I want you to look at and think about what you prioritize in film and why you do it. 
and whether those things should be universal rules, you know? Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say to Lydia? Um, and no, I won't hold that against her. I'm not going to get that one. Yeah, it's okay. You just don't know any iconic New Zealand music. It's sweet as. Yeah, not, Lydia. not, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, I know Six Months in a Leaky Boat. Um, I know uh, the National Anthem. I know the National Anthem. I know Renegade Fighter. <laughs> that's, that's about it. It is like sometimes you got to live in the real world. I mean, I, 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 I've, I, know, I know Lord. I listen to her two good albums. Look, I'm, oh, hey. I haven't listened to the third one. I just heard it's bad. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's a real... <laughs> uh, a real elephant in the room of a whole arts. So would you like to guess Lydia Roberts' top four? Sure. Okay. Uh, 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 one of these is incredibly easy. We'll do it last. And the rest are deep enough cuts that I think you can get to. Yeah. So one is directed by Marlon Brando. Uh, one eye jacks. That is correct. Yeah. It's one like you know. Anyway, yeah, it, we could have taken ages or a second to get to that one. The next is a Gary Marshall that you know, yeah, yeah. but is not one of the big Gary Marshalls. You know. Okay. Um, right. Okay. So it, it it is not one of the day trilogy. It's not one of the day trilogy. Right. It's not. It's not Pretty Woman. It's not. No. 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 Uh, and it's not a Georgia Rule. No. Okay. No. 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 I consider that a. A huge one. Yeah. Um, that that film about uh, abuse and violence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that light comedy about... The goofy comedy about about Lindsay Lohan coming to terms with the fact that she's been sexually abused for a decade. Yeah, let's... Hor- um, horrifying. We'll watch that for this <laughs> one day. I hope not. Yeah, um, we'll do it with Irreversible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, JK, we're never doing Irreversible. No. But anyway. Um, I... Okay, uh, can uh, uh, can uh, can you give me an actor? Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Hector. Oh, fuck. Alonzo. Oh, you don't have to say Hector Elizondo. He's in every Gary Marshall movie. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, this is one. Okay. Um, no, neither the leads. There are two. Uh, it was ninety one, and these two leads are big gets for ninety one. It it it, it, fe- it feels like I should. No, I just can't think of any other Gary Marshall movies. One of these leads has a great ass. Ashley Judd. No, it's Al Pacino. I mean, but when he says it, he's talking about Ashley yeah, Judd. Yeah, no, but it's, it is Al Pacino. Okay, it's Al Pacino. The Gary Marshall film Al Pacino is in. With Michelle Pfeiffer, Frankie and Johnny. Okay, I've... Oh, yeah. I've, I, yeah, I've, I've heard of that, didn't know it was a... Yeah. yeah. Okay, what's, what's the next one? <laughs> the next is a documentary about a comedian... And a, 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 a dead comedian now. Yeah. At the time, I believe he was alive. Uh, the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. No. Okay. Uh, this describes this comedian as one of comedy's most inimitable voices, which is uh, a pun because it operates on two levels. Uh, is, it, is it about Rich Little? No, no, no. Rich Little has many voices. This guy only has one. But oh. you remember it. Oh, it, oh it's, 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 it's uh, Gilbert. About Gilbert Goffrey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the last is uh, 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 a film we saw together recently. Everything, everywhere, all at once. No. Oh, okay. 
Um, but like everything you've read all at once, it's good, fun time. Feels crazy for someone to put in their top four, but... Uh, uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? That's correct. Mm. Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal hangout film. Yeah. The film where... Not, nice movie. Yeah, but the film where Nicolas Cage is like, I am brave enough that in a film that I star as myself yeah. called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, I'm going to let Pedro Pascal steal this from me yeah. in a beautiful, open-hearted... Yeah, it's just Tiffany Haddish. Everyone's having a good time. It's sweet as. Uh, I love to see Tiffany Haddish uh, uh, in good films. Uh, uh, she, you, when you deploy her well, yeah. she's great. And, she, and that comes from her talent. I'm not saying she is... Anyway, sure. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that all black need people need is white people in control. I'm not saying that. Battleship. Yeah, okay, Battleship. Directed by Peter Berg, a director I don't like. I think this is the only one of his films I've seen. Okay, so he also did, um, uh, 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 he also did Hancock. Uh, you ever seen that one? No. Okay, uh, let, let's, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so he did Hancock, Deepwater Horizon, Lone Survivor, Patriot's Day, Spencer Confidential, Mile 22, the Rundown, uh, the Friday Night Lights movie with Billy Bob Thornton, and The Kingdom with Jamie Foxx and Jennifer Garner. Uh, he directed the pilot of The Leftovers, which I've seen. Right. I have seen his first feature, the Christian uh, Slater film Very Bad Things, oh, Okay, uh, which is, like, I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember hating it. Okay. So uh, I, I, I've, I've seen... Hancock, Spencer Confidential, Battleship, Mile 22, and the last half of Friday Night Lights. I've not seen that, that, that like, middle, like, Mark Wahlberg, based on true stories trilogy yeah. of Deepwater Horizon's Lone Survivor Patriot's Day. But, like, the, 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 like, first time I noticed Peter Berg and was like, I do not like this guy, yeah. is when I saw Mile 22, which I, which I saw back in 2018, oh, back in 2019, and I, Considered that one of my least favorite movies of all time. I think it it is it is a it, you know it's a movie about like a bunch of like cool special ops guys who yeah. go who go to an Asian country and kill a bunch of people. And uh, I think it fails as an action movie. Yeah, uh, it gives Eco Oasis uh, nothing cool to do. And when it and when and it, that's where you watch well, it, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Eco Oasis from the Raid films. Yes. who Finn wants to kiss and cuddle with. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and like, and he can fight. And like every time it does give him a cool fight scene, it edits it so choppily and so crazily that you don't be, that you don't get a sense of him doing anything. I mean, yeah, all, 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 all of the action scenes are boring, and then uh, politically, I find it abhorrent because mm. it, it 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 is it, yeah it it is it is all like like yeah it it is it is all about like how cool it is to be a special ops guy and go and shoot brown people, and that's like intercut with like. The, 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 like most of the movies are flashback to the, the, this like mission that went wrong and then it's like framed with like Mark Wahlberg's character in the future being like like doing a deposition or something and he's like yeah well the, here's the fucking thing about democracy man yeah. and explain why democracy is for pussies and like it, yeah, it's gross and it's bad it has uh, terrible sound mixing it's worse than battleship yeah 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 but, yeah and 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 so with with with, with Battleship, my, my my reason for pairing the two was like, oh well, one's a communist film about Battleship, and one's a fascist film. About, and like, I don't seeing it. Uh, I don't think it's fascist. I, I I think I think it is less politically objectionable than Mile Twenty Two, but it is only not fascist. And it's like, 
all militarism is good. The Japanese military, the American military, as long as people have militaries, it's all good. I know, like a key, a key thing about this film is the 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 transformers of it all. Yeah, and uh, that it clearly is working to be to be a transformers film. Mm. Uh, well, that level uh, of success, and it does. It feels strange to see this film and feel it being a period piece that even though you know we get a boah instantly there is a boah before you begin to see the u of the universal logo underneath the hasbro logo there's post zimmer epic action uh, uh, music just to show you how hard this board game film fucks um but as to watch this film that is a mod a basically modern, less than 10-year-old, or no, exactly 10-year-old relic yeah. of a prior time because it is trying to make a Transformers film and Transformers films don't exist anymore. And, and because it is so part of a run, it makes it easy to ignore the fact that like part of that genre is massive co- a coordination, support by, and sponsorship by the armed forces, yes, which provide a lot of resource, but also clearly insist on a lot of content. There's nothing critical of the military industrial complex at any level in this film. No. People are not good enough for it, but it is the correct bestie. Well, right? yeah, people are not good enough for it. And like what it does is it forges them into better people. Yeah. We meet Taylor Kish with um, secret star of the film who's killed halfway through Alexander Skarsgård, yeah. who's like, you need to shape up. You're busy breaking into stores to get burritos in a bit that is shot like it is viral video of someone fucking up a robbery, which is like That's quite good. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, you need to straighten up. You need to get into the Navy. And then he joins in the Navy and eventually it straightens up. He straightens up, yeah. you know, uh, 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 unluckily being in the Navy does not give you big screen charisma. And no. So he just never got it. Hey, Look, so, have so, you so, watched any Friday Night Lights? Uh, like the, so like back, 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 back in like the early 2010s, people, Holy shit, the guy who directed Friday Night Lights directs this, which has multiple Friday yeah. Night Lights, the TV, anyway. Back, back in the like early 2010s, when like people on podcasts I listened to were talking about like the golden age of television, you know, there's all this great stuff on, t- on TV, you know, Friday Night Lights, I, I, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good show, and, and like, and one time it was like two o'clock in the morning, I was flipping through channels. When I, when I was like 14 years old, and I saw a thing on one of my channels called Friday Night Lights, and I was like, Oh, I guess that's that TV show. So I so I went and watched it, and it was the last like hour of Peter Berg's film Friday Night Lights. Uh, and yeah. and I like didn't realize that it was a movie and not a TV show. And so I was like, oh, that was quite good. And it was a like was at the end of a season or something. It was a, <laughs> it was a pretty big climax. So, yeah. Oh, I wonder where the next episode is. Um, and, and yeah, so that's the most Friday Night Friday Night Lights I've ever seen. Is is the last hour of Peter Berg's movie? It it, it is a good. TV show. Yeah, I've heard people like it. And Kish does such a good job of starring in that show, mm. and it feels impossible to watch that show and not like... I saw... I watched... I haven't seen all of it. Um, I, I think I've seen most of the first season and bits of elsewhere. Yeah. Anyway, but watching that show, you're like, how was Taylor Kitsch not a star? And I watched it having seen John Carter, and but like the show does such a great job of selling him, sure. and he does so well in it, and it is like 
there's genuinely his face is just slightly too anonymous and that it it, it just doesn't yeah. quite read I mean, it, on the big screen I mean, it, right it, it, it feels it, he feels empty i mean in a way that's almost certainly not true of him as a real person sure it, it, i mean it, it, it's 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 the same thing about carl chandler also on that show is like uh, I'm, I'm sure he works great on tv but like but like putting him as one of the main faces in a movie doesn't work unless it's Carol and it's a movie set in the fifties. I I like I I buy him in Godzilla King of the Monsters, but I also like I get what you're saying. Sure, yeah. It, that's a choice I'm choosing to make. And that is like and also the thing the problem with Kish is that he is surrounded by Alexander Skarsgård, uh, uh, Jesse Plemons, yeah, uh, just like fucking... really, really early Plemons. Oh, we are introduced to Jesse Plemons, cracking wise with Rihanna, and mm. you're like, is this, is this film going to be great? And then you're like, oh no, they have cast Rihanna as a comedy sidekick. Why? Yeah, uh, make her a femme fatale. Like no one is better designed to play that role. Yeah, except like, for maybe maybe Lady Gaga. Yeah, like th- this this movie so thoroughly wastes Rihanna. Um. And oh, and Neeson being like most actors in this on one set, so they could shoot him out in three or four days. You also get Peter McNichol on one set. Yeah, the, 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 they're the, the exposition people. They they're the people who just explain the plot to each other yeah, in bad the, American the, 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 Like like Liam 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 Neeson does more like like yeah Liam 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 Neeson does more like standing around on one set talking into a phone than he does on any like. Oh, but like weird, like mid-budget action movies that no one yeah. ever sees. Yeah, no, because they needed to shoot him out in a week, and yeah. there's about three to f- four days of um, location stuff. Yeah. His daughter is played by Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, who is is be like hot girl who wants a chicken burrito that Taylor Kitsch like hits on in the first scene and ends up which which is in a bar and it's just remember the introductory scene of grown up Captain Kirk in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. It's that scene. Yeah. Um. Uh, 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 and uh, except instead of it being Christopher Pike, that's right, Anson Mount himself, uh, 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 it's it's Alexander Skarsgård, the Northman. Um, and what, how, th- and then th- and begins, there's some blah, blah, blah. In 2005, they found a planet that's in the Goldilocks zone and they sent a signal to it. No, they've been trying to send a signal yeah. to it. They built this big, like, space light thing to communicate with it they finally turned it on and suddenly these five things four of them crash into the 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 space outside hawaii yeah and one and crashes just, just just next to oahu yeah one crashes right into uh hong kong in a bit that i thought was good because it was just shit getting smashed up i thought it was I thought it looked good and was well cut. It was the bit of spectacle that worked for yeah. me. Peter 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 Bose pulling up a nine eleven imagery for that bit. Yeah, I I didn't that didn't I thought of it more as a kaiju thing. I didn't it didn't really land for me. But you are I didn't pick that up. But you are right. Yeah. I, uh, I will think of it the next time I see it. <laughs> and, and basically, they the, they put up a shield. There's a bunch. Oh, the the day they turn on this fucking time space visualizer communicated to the stars yeah. they're also having like a navy summer camp i guess yeah. what is happening yeah there is a thing called rim pack happening which, which is i guess all the the nations that are like butt lickers but, yeah but all that are on the pacific rim get to get their navies together and yeah. they and it's they, the, the navies of 17 countries though yeah. american and japan basically yeah. the only ones we see mainly are america and japan and then right at the end 
like one Australian jet goes overhead. Um, yeah. Oh, these these countries get, get together and have like and do like team building exercises and play soccer against each other. Yeah. And yeah, there's, Wait, a, there's, there's a, a soccer scene. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, yeah. There's a scene where where Taylor Kitch is the captain of the of the American Navy soccer team. Yeah. And he's he's going up against uh, a guy called Captain Captain Nagato, who's played by Tadanobu Asano. Yeah. Who is in uh, a bunch of stuff, giving the best performance in the oh, film? Sure, there, there. Yeah, he, he's part of a long tradition of Japanese actors in, in American blockbusters giving the best performance by a by a wide margin. Well, because they have to try, you yeah. know, uh, uh, like him and Taylor Cash, obviously. By the end, they're both pointing sniper rifles at one of the <laughs> alien ships, and they're like, and Taylor Kitsch is like. Did you ever learn, uh, are you a good shot? And he's like, yeah, great shot. I learned at, how do you say it in English? Summer camp. And he's like, summer camp. And <laughs> it is on paper an unbearably racist joke because I've left out a bit that he says, summer camp, ooh. And Taylor Kish is like, summer camp, ooh? Summer camp, ooh? <gasps> summer camp. And it sucks. Uh, uh, it fucking sucks. Why would you write that? See, I, I, I think I was looking at my phone during that, but you so were. I didn't hear that joke. Uh, 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 but he, Incredible choice by me. But he sells it, and he sells it by playing like, I'm just doing a bit of prank on you. Yeah. I knew you'd ask <laughs> this. It, it is, but like that is the level of the whole film. That so all these navies are trapped in the space bubble. The 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 evil aliens. Well, no, no, no. They, they 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 are trapped outside the space bubble. There are only three ships inside the bubble. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. I mean like the three main ships, yeah. which is a Japanese ship and two American ships. Yes. Uh, 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 a Japanese ship is taken out. And they flee to one of the American ships. So everyone is there together. And basically... First one of the American ships is taken out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're all... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. They're all in one ship. And guess what? The alien spaceships fire bombs that look like the pegs from the game Battleship. And... Because... uh, they paid for the rights to use the game, and they couldn't think of any other way to do it. I'm sure Hasbro pitched this film, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, it gets to the point where they can't see each other, so they just play Battleship, and it's fucking boring as shit. Yeah, um, it, it is like it, it, it is. It is literally a thing of 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 them going like E eleven, and then Rihanna's like E eleven, and then she turns a dial, yeah. and then like fire. I mean, I, God, I, I re- it, it takes forever and it sucks. I respect the amount of work this film does into build because, like, the second act, them stuck in the bubble, mm. is designed to get to the point where they play Battleship. Like, sure, the whole yeah. everything about this film is de- like our radar technology doesn't work, and now it's nighttime. And if we turn if we turn our lights on, they'll be able to see us. Yeah, so let, we have to do everything in the dark with the tsunami boys and yeah. things. Anyway, um. But then the sequence sucks. If that sequence had been fucking dope, mm. you would just be like, "Yeah, no, well, they made battleship." Well, I mean, into yeah, like, film. yeah, like you, 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 be like idea of let's use the water displacement as measured by tsunami boys to to like track where something is in the water. Yeah, is cool. And if they did that in like the Meg, <laughs> like oh, no. if, if they did that in like Jaws, you know, be 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 cool. But even like the thing I'm thinking about right now is uh, going through the canyon in Hunt for the Red October, hmm. which is entirely a scene about people with a peril they can't see trying to work against it. Yeah. And it is like kind of play it in that way. That's like an intro. Like, because the experience of playing Battleship is not seeing both sides. It's sure. only your side. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, and like, and like while, 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 while I was sick with COVID a few weeks ago, yeah. I rewatched Master oh, I was Com- sick. 
I rewatched Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World. I haven't heard of it. Which has incredible naval battles in it. Yeah. And, 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 and like, does it and like has a great thing where like one side is not visible to the other side. Yeah. And, and like everything about it is, is like, is so thrilling and so visceral and like every single cannon shot feels weighty. And when someone dies, it feels important. And here you have like giant Navy battleships being, being blown up by dozens of like alien bombs. And you're like, great. Some more fucking grist for the mill. Well, and, and they have, they clearly watched the opening. Please, please Peter, may I have some more spectacle? <laughs> He's like, no, you've had enough. Well, and it is a lo- the aliens, of course, have sent down boats. Yeah, um, and which they- just, was just sit there. They don't. They don't, they do. Mo- they barely do anything. It, it is a lot like. Well, like yeah, or- I'm sure that if you sat down and like mapped it out, what the aliens do makes some kind of sense. But in this, it very much feels like they're like, we are going to fire because this is an action bit. Now we're going to go quiet because well, they need to do yeah. some drama. One of the big devices that, 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 that the film uses is, is, is using alien vision. And, yeah. and, and, and like aliens always have... Uh, which is a big plot point because they have helmets that are essentially big sunglasses because yeah. they defeat them because they're sensitive to light. Jesse Plemons works out by comparing them to his pet lizard, Penelope the Third. Yeah. But you were saying... E- even though... Uh, these, even though these aliens, these aliens have uh, no real lizardy characteristics, and are I, just like kind of humanoid. Yeah, they look like uh, what, uh, uh, like monster of the week aliens that go down quite well, but not well enough to bring them back from like year three or four of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Sure, yeah, they've got weird foreheads, noses, and like spiky chins. Yeah, that they and what an, I don't like these aliens. Do you like these aliens? No. What annoyed you about them? I mean, look, here's the thing. They look a lot like the Draenei from from World of Warcraft, but just less purple. Okay. I think part of what makes the Draenei so appealing is their purpleness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, no, it, 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 it is the, the, the just like absolute laziness of them. And, and, and for me, hmm. part of that is the fact that they are always CG. Yeah. And it is the She-Hulk thing. Have you seen the She-Hulk trailer? No, but uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen stills from it. It yeah. looks nightmarish. Well, and it is everything else about that show, it is a fucking Marvel show. Fuck Marvel. Yeah. In, in entirely in isolation, as someone who loves Tatiana Maslany and the run of She-Hulk, Dan Slott's run of She-Hulk, that it is 100% lifting, I, am, I, I look at that and go like, actually every element of this is right. And then it cuts to... Where they instead of just being like, no, just paint Tatiana Maslany green yeah. and do some forced perspective. Whereas in this, the aliens are always CG, and you're like, no, the version of this film I want is the '80s version where that is a John Carpenter man in a suit or a mm. puppet, and this film is ten percent more sincere. Yeah, you're like bit in Independence Day where Will Smith opens up the thing and it's yes. like a little squid monster. One hundred percent, like. That you're on it. Well, and instead it ends up as uh, Spielberg's War of the Worlds which has a problem because it's aliens are so clearly not there when the sure, rest yeah. of it is so tangible, right? Yeah. One of the things about alien vision is like, is that all, all, all of, all of the, all of the individual aliens and the ships have a like heads up display, mm. which shows if something is dangerous or not, which makes the seem like an adaptation of a video game. The way every yeah. film version of a, a, a video game has to be a, it has to have a bit that looks like the video game. Yeah, ha- uh, yeah, and it has to have a first-person bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they can tell with like a hundred percent accuracy every time whether or not something is specifically dangerous to them at that moment. Yeah, and and, and so like sometimes they're, they're like look at a little kid playing baseball and we're like, no, green, that's safe. But then they'll look at like highway overpass. They're like, oh, red. I know that that's infrastructure, and if I take out those pillars, that will knock it down. And so we'll, like destroy that. From an audience perspective, it seems essentially entirely arbitrary whether or not they think something is dangerous or not, but they are always correct about it. And and it, it just seems it seems weird that these aliens have like the have just like a perfect knowledge already of everything about Earth and like what is and is not a military like target. And yeah. they have magic plot brains because yes. they do exactly what you need for this to be a bland by the numbers like tent pole action well, yeah. film. It and, just follows those beats and and, 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 and and like everything from 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 their ships to their like individual like ground troops to their like weird robot like chain blade balls all have this exact same like thought mechanism. Yeah. And and, and the, the chain blade balls, which look like they watched the the drill torpedo opening to Tomorrow Never Dies, uh, and were like, let's turn those and combine them with the destroyer droids from the Star Wars prequels. I like those. Do you know why you like them? Why? It's because they get more character moments than every single one of the lead actors. Uh, like, Taylor like, Kish gets a lot like, of like, character like, moments. Like, they just don't work. There's a bit where like one of the chain balls is like, that's for a military base. Mm. And... There's a helicopter that's trying to take off and it like rolls under the helicopter and like scrapes the underside of it. And you're like, Oh, the helicopter got away. It's safe. And then a like chain whips out of the back of it and like grabs the helicopter and like smashes it down into the ground. Yeah. And then, and then like this, it's just, it's, it's essentially a ball of knives, but it does what can only be described as looking directly into the camera and winking and then rolling off. Yeah, we see a bunch of them fuck up a bunch of helicopters and planes. That's really good when they land on Hawaii because uh, they want to get to the transmitter because they want to communicate home, which means there's a whole plot like in season two of 24 where they're like, we don't need to know what to do with this character, so we'll just have her be menaced in the forest. And that's what they do with Brooklyn Decker. She goes up into the forest, meets up with nerds. Who does that happen to in, in 24? Kim, the daughter, she's uh, oh, through, right. she's men- famously she's menaced by a mountain cat that is uh, by like a bobcat. That's one of the cliffhangers, and you know they they save the world their way. It is it's bland as fucking shit and incredibly boring. Yeah. Um. Then the key thing, I guess, is that this whole thing, like these alien ships, are like blah, click click click. Yeah. They are uh, 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 they are so transformers, and the thing is, is that this ends up being both better and worse than transformers because the designs are noticeably worse. I could not, mm, sure, I could yeah. draw you one of the aliens. I couldn't draw one of their ships. No, I, I no, could try the spike ball. Yeah, so the spike ball is cool. Like, yeah, the, the, the feel like ships look the ships look super boring, and again, they they, they feel like do the thing which. Basically everything, basically every movie other than like Aquaman fucking fails at, which is they don't feel big. They are these like giant ships that are like splash, they're like smashing around in the water, destroying battleships. There's no real sense of scale to them. Well, because everything we compare them against is other big ships. Sure, the, yeah. The one moment of scale that works is Taylor Kish and uh, Rihanna go out 
uh, the the way they are activated is that yeah. they go out to to, and, to one that's kind of semi sunken and they activate it accidentally. Yeah, yeah they, they like go out in a little like motorboat, and that's because you have little people next to the big thing. Yeah, but like, but Michael Bay can capture that scale, mm. borderline incoherently. <laughs> and the, like the thing with Berg is that he shoots them more traditionally. They they cut as hard as Bay, um, but it just isn't. The reason Bay can cut so hard and fast is because to avoid showing either that Martin Lawrence can't do action or that CGI doesn't have to look great if you're whipping past it. And this, you're just like, I am just watching PlayStation 3 slash 4 cutscenes, you know? It is not terrible, but do not watch it. It is exactly what you think and no more. Yeah. And, uh, uh, which uh, makes it quite less. Yeah. Uh, uh, of, of, of the Peter Berg films I've seen, I mean, I, it's been ages since I've seen Hancock, so I can't compare it to that, but like, I, I definitely like it more than like Mile 22 or Spencer Confidential. Yeah. And like, and part of that is not having to look at Mark Wahlberg's face for two hours. But yeah. And it, it, it like, if it is on TV and you're drunk, you won't stop watching it. But you'd never recommend yeah. it. Do you know where it would be good? On a plane. Sure, yeah. There is like one moment that I think is genuinely good where a military jet plane flies into a force field and explodes. That bit's pretty good. Yeah. There are three explosions, but I think you're good in this movie. <laughs> one one is the jet plane going into a barrier. Like, that is laugh out loud, good stuff. Yeah. There is one where the like first ship that activates sets off uh, some sort of like sonic pulse yeah and, and oh yeah and, the shot of it yeah uh, uh, Sarsgaard's face getting fucked yeah yeah, yeah. there is a like fantastic shot of of, of like Alexander Skarsgård in the like command room of 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 the ship and it's just like on his face and 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 you 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 can like hear the sound getting louder and then you hear the windows exploding like glass and like glass explodes towards his face in slow motion and the like wind is like rippling him yeah. as the glass like cuts his forehead yeah that, like it's great and then there was a bit later where where his ship is hit by one of the is hit by one of the bombs for the first time, and 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 the bombs explode in a really weird way. Yeah, where we're like they they like suck and then push and then suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They like yeah they like explode up and implode again and explode again. Yeah, They're rules. Uh, yeah. But apart from that, yeah. Apart from apart from those three individual explosions, which take place within about five minutes of each other. I don't think there's anything to recommend the movie particularly. But it's not like the thing that's working against it, the reason I would call it shite, is how cynical it is and it does not rise above its cynicism. Sure, yes. This this exists to sell toys and doesn't do that particularly well. Yeah. I mean, the last 20 minutes of the movie is there's like a final showdown between the ship and, and one of the alien ships where like they pull a trick on, on the aliens and they like shoot out their, their glass and then they like launch everything they've got at it and it destroys it. And you're like, right, that's the end of the movie. But then they're like, no, there's another 25 minutes of this. We're, we're doing, we're doing another action sequence and they have to go get yeah, it, a different it, ship. Yeah. It's, it's a Pacific Rim. They need an analog ship or yeah. whatever. It's staffed by the old fogies who get to the right stuff, walk on it in slow motion. It's yeah. Yeah. Cringe. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they they yeah they 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 like go they go back to the like USS Missouri, a, a, a like decommissioned ship, like which is now manned by like seventy year olds who just hang out there, I guess. Yeah, and they like they like give a ship back in working order as Thunderstruck plays, and you're like, oh wow, Thunderstruck, that's not a good song. <laughs> uh, it's not. Yeah, um, it is. And 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 and, and there is there is one moment which feels like Peter Berg trying to like 
say something about like this, this like monument to America's might being turned into like a museum and tourist stop, which is like as as the song starts playing, one 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 of the like like strong navy guys like he he like grabs hold of a vending machine that's like placed up against the door and he pulls it down to the ground in slow mo and you see the, the like baubles and trinkets like shatter out of it yeah and you're like yeah man you you really you really gave it to him it is. Yeah, it is hard to stress. And there's there's so many fucking speeches in this movie about like, like yeah. we are we are here to defend America, and you've already given so much, and I can't ask you to give any more. And they're like, we we like we're not, we're not giving more because you're asking for more. We're giving more because that's what's right. Yeah, uh, 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 like the the military, the technology, and like war porn that took up maybe five to ten percent of battleship Potemkin is like a full third of this. Yeah. It is hard to stress how many shots of like the American flag against the sunset there is, just how many pornographic shots uh of planes and boats there are. Yeah. How 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 many shots of how many shots of the rising sun flag there are? Oh mate, why? The the Japanese Navy would not it is. It would not have the rising sun flag. Yeah, like fuck, including that in a film. It's real gross. Or like, my, my, like, like maybe that, like maybe that flag was just being held up by like some Americans at the soccer game who thought they were being inclusive. Yeah. To me, here is my final thought. I've yeah. already declared it shite. The comparison I want to make is that I do believe the creation of both Battleship and Battleship Potemkin are equally as cynical as each other and what this comparison demonstrates is that the roots of art do not need to define it sure but they easily can and you just have to work really hard and like Potemkin shows us the success of that Eisenstein making a genuinely great moving work of art out of bad from a bad brief from bad people whereas this it is like Battleship is a malevolent slurry in its blandness, in its lack of innovation. It is, it is to capitalism what Potemkin is to communism, exactly, yeah. except Potemkin is good. Uh, that's why I call it shite. Battleship, that is. Uh, I, I would agree that Battleship, directed by Peter Berg, is a shite film. So fit. We both agree Battleship... <sighs> Uh, not the not the top of the spice rankings. Uh, no, I call it shite. You call it shite. Uh, for what we might term obvious reasons, I guess. But uh, we keep ranked lists of uh, every film we have watched for for this here podcast. We certainly do. Where on that list have you ranked uh, uh, the exquisite flop that is <laughs> Battleship? Well. Might surprise you. It's reasonably far down the list. No, Finn. Yeah. You're lying to me. I refuse to believe it. And honestly, I hate you for this. I have it at number 140, above the bucket list, and below Age of the Dragons. I have Unfilm de Berg, a battleship, at number 119 which places it beneath the colour of pomegranates, but above Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Now, Battleship, it sunk, right? Peter Berg, at the end of it, must have been saying, 
you sunk my battleship. Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds like a thing that, that, old, that old Petey would say. Uh, so we all agree. It's bad. No one likes it, right? Like, even the the Plemons hive, even uh, uh, the the Fenty fanatics, even uh, Liam Neeson's, the, that's Liam Neeson's sons, his only fans now since the, you know, racial violence thing. The... The 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 hypothetical racial violence that he that he never followed through on, <laughs> but still chose to discuss a publicly lot, several times. Yeah. <laughs> Keep bringing it up. Could, could not be stopped. Uh, even they, all those fan groups, they don't talk about it. I think easy to say. Universal flop. No one likes it. You couldn't find a person on earth. I don't think Finn. If you found a positive review mm-hmm. of uh, Edelshare, I've just placed a water bottle uh, between our microphones. Yeah, you yeah. see that? That contains one and uh, a half liters of what you humans call water. Yeah. I will waterboard myself with that. Oh, j- j- just, just, like, just like Christopher Hitchens. Who was the actor who got waterboarded for a film? There's some anyway. It doesn't. And, uh, Are you thinking about uh, Jared Leto drinking uh, melted ice cream and olive oil in order to gain weight for the Mark playing, Chapman yeah, for film? Mark David Chapman. I am. I am not thinking about Jared Leto's okay, work towards the film Chapter Twenty Seven because I'm. I'm often thinking about the fact that he that he drank melted ice cream and olive oil. See, here is the thing in that situation: is you don't ice cream melted to a liquid. Bad, but mm. you leave it out a bit so there's some liquid and some like gloops. Sure, yeah. And if you do this with goody goody gumdrops, the old goody goody gumdrops, when the the gumdrops were actually good and not whatever fucking bullshit they're throwing on kids yeah. these days. Um, yeah, now 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 you have to deal with the bad gumdrops and a bad flavor of ice cream. And I mean. Uh, 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 the growing world war in the Ukraine. They're, oh, they're, sure. they're my three major issues at this point. But then you get the mixture of the gum, the gummy mm. drop, that level, the the sweet liquid, and like the goopy, almost soft servula ice cream. That's what you should be going for, Jared. And like, that's the one mistake he's made. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the cult, the sex cult, where he is probably allegedly a sex criminal. Well, and and uh, starting that bad band that isn't very good. Yeah, that is almost as bad. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Yufa, uh, I found a five-star review of uh, the movie Battleship. Okay, I look forward to lasting one second longer than Christopher Hitchens. What? How positive? How many stars is this? Five. What the f- five? This is, by, this is by Letterboxd user Austin Scott. I went in with such low expectations, but was very surprised at just how great this movie actually is. I understand that it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but let me tell you, it most definitely is mine. Just how star-studded the cast is one of many things that made me enjoy my time throughout this film. Not once did I question character decisions, nor did I question anything about the film, really. I resisted googling who directed it to leave myself with, su- with a surprise at the end, and when I saw it was Peter Berg, I was shocked. This may be his best film that I've seen with the likes of Lone Survivor, Friday Night Lights, Patriot's Day, and Hancock. Please check this out. We have been talking off mic about how, due to a mix-up with my doctor, I, I recently 
couldn't get uh, the, the the medication I needed. So I was kind of spent a day drifting in and out of consciousness. I can only assume that was the state that person was in uh, as they watched Battleship, this kind of semi-twilight state where everything is both uh, real and false, uh, uh, painful and soothing. Would you like to guess Austin Scott's top four? You, you don't have any thoughts? Like, that review seems like it's from a parallel universe, right? Is that from the universe where Battleship is, in fact, good? Look, not everyone likes thinking about movies. Sometimes you just want some pictures in front of you that you can gawp at for a bit. Yeah. And that's what Battleship is. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, but there, there, are, there are films you can do that with, you know, your Ed Yang's mm-hmm. color, Spirit of the Beehive. Why watch Battleship? And you could be checking in on the other side of the wind, which are very much similar experiences. Absolutely. You know? lot, 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 lots of fast cutting in both of them. A lot of people uh, think I'm an elitist, but simply suggesting that if people want to watch Transformers, they should watch Tetsuo the Iron Man as pretentious. Well, lock me up, I guess is what I'm saying. So would you, would you like to guess Austin Scott's top four films? I mean, I don't. Like, yes, because I think it's fun. I don't want to look further into the mind of this madman, though. Um, okay, so is one uh, a Star Wars film? Uh, no, they, 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 they are all from uh, 2021 or 2022. That is, uh, is one um, everything, everywhere, yes. all at once. Okay. We keep cutting discussions of everything, everywhere, all at once uh, from this podcast because we will talk about it a lot at the end of the year, uh, but maybe not because it's a nominee. Just as a plea from me and I hope Finn to the world, for the love of God who doesn't exist, watch another Michelle Yeoh film. Yeah, I, 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 would, watch- re- I, I would really recommend checking out the Heroic Trio a uh, really, really fun, uh, like superhero movie with Michelle Yeoh and uh, uh, with, with with Michelle Yeoh and Maggie Chung. It's from like 1997. Yeah, great uh, nonsense plot, incredible action, tons of fun. And the bad guy turns into a skeleton at the end. Everything, everywhere, all at once is a good, fun film full of great performances and yes. some excellent action. And it's full of good ideas. Does it execute all of them well? No. no. And and now, for for those of you out there... Is, is there probably 25 minutes too much exposition? Yes. Yeah. But here is... But if you... These are all taste things. Uh, and that's fine. If you're out there listening to this and you love it, uh, more power to you. But I would like you to just... Just for me and for Finn, I want you to really engage with the fact that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has almost an identical plot and really reflect on how different, independent, and outré that makes standard mainstream action film Everything Everywhere All at Once. A very good film I really enjoyed, but it's just absolute... Watch Triple R. It's on Netflix. Watch fucking Triple R. He... He... There is a whole f- piggyback fight. Piggyback. He has two guns. They, they flip. There's a thing with a truck full of animals, which is maybe the greatest moment of action in any movie. It's certainly the coolest thing to happen this year. Yeah. Dependent on your feelings about five minute long symphonies of car alarms outside Tilda Swinton's window. 
Okay. The second film, I apologize. The second movie on the list was directed by some of the producers of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, our Endgame? No. Oh, more, more Cherry? Re- yeah, Cherry. Cherry? Cherry. Has this person only seen five films? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Cherry, yeah. Is, is it the only Tom Holland film on this list? Yes, it is. So not even, you're not even just a spider head without splashing. It is the worst Tom Holland film, and then sure, yeah. Chaos Walking. <laughs> Uh, the oh the third film on the list uh, is animated. Uh, is it two D or three D? Well, it's three D if it's the past two years. Yeah. Um, Luca. No. Encanto. No. Turning red. No. Is it good? No. Yeah. It's nice. It's a nice movie. It 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 is like everything everywhere all at once. Uh, not as good as people say. And and uh, part of the reason for that is, like everything, everywhere, all at once, just kind of a superhero movie. Ah. Mitchell's versus the machine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, cut the blue portal shit out of the end of Mitchell's versus the machines. I would have been fighting hard for it to be on our top 16 yeah. last year. And then the fourth film on the list uh, was a film that was on... Um, uh, the film that was on uh, my uh, list of the best films of last year. It was. It was. It was. It was in. It was in my like. It was, it was in my like top twenty-five. Uh, okay, then uh, is it? It's live action. Uh, yes. Is it funny, scary, or thrilling? Uh, funny and thrilling. Uh, okay, so it's like a, it's like comedy action. So free guy. No. Oh, boss level? No. Uh, am I in the right area? No, uh, okay. not really. <laughs> not really. So it's more funny than thrilling, or more thrilling than funny? Uh, uh, it is. It, it is. It's. It is not a comedy, but but like it's it's got it's got jokes in it, but but, but the jokes come from like come from the characters rather oh. than like people telling jokes. Is it the Suicide Squad? No. Okay. Is it? Uh, do I like it? Yes. Oh, more than you. Was it on my list? Uh, you, I think, hadn't seen it by 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 the time we did it. Oh, Spider Man No Way Home. No. Okay. Uh, oh, it's a it's a it, it is a it's a genre film. Oh, the How Do They Fall? Yes. Yeah. What? A, hey, guys, I am very sorry for not watching the How Do They Fall before the second Daniel Shiten Sound Shiten Showdown for the Crown twenty twenty one three point plus one point oh point one thrice upon a time. Because else it would have been a fucking contender. Yep. We would have talked about it. That is an incredibly strong piece of work. It's on Netflix. It is uh, invigorating, thrilling, and also deeply furious, which and, are the three best things a yeah. film can be. And has a uh, fucking uh, killer uh, reggae soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Finn. Yes. What are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching our second Fellini film. We're watching Eight and a Half. His film about a director struggling to come up with a new film while dealing with all of his mistresses. A film that is in no way based on real life. <laughs> Not at all. And with that, we are watching the film adaptation of the stage musical based on Eight and a Half, Nine. Starring Danny Lewis. Yeah. From that ghostly Sowen and those Mohicans. I think they're running out of them. And of course, ugh. I'm really getting some trouble with my walker, the one who's not my right. And, hey, 
clean my clothes, but look good doing it. Finn. Yes. I've been looking for you recently, even though I see you at least weekly, often more. Mm. I'd say I total across a year seeing you maybe 150 times across a year. Sure. And I I think that's great. I, I enjoy your company. But- there is a thing called the World Wide Web, the wah-wah-wah, wah, wah, as I call it. Mm-hmm. And, and on that, I have been unable to discover you. So, Finn, where can people find you online? I would recommend that they don't. <laughs> Why not? Because what you think you want to find is not always what is good for you. And there are some things best left undiscovered. So, at... Such, such as uh, my Twitter handle... At Ficklis, no, F-I-C-K-E-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
I have never been read so hard have, by a computer. <laughs> have Have you ever listened to Lingua Ignota? No, I don't even know what that is. Uh, it is a uh, multi-instrumentalist and singer called Kristen Hader. Who, um, oh, yeah, I, I know that name. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, she does songs in, in, in a... You know, her like, first couple of albums are in a, are in a genre uh, that is known as a deaf industrial, which is a combination <laughs> of deaf metal and industrial. Yeah, and uh, like... I'm sure that that will somehow be the cause of death on your death certificate. Yeah. But like, she is also a, a like classically trained uh, singer. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and I uh, just say that in all in like the best, most fucked up music. Yeah, there's always someone someone in there where you're like, oh yeah, no, he spent ten years at, at, at the Musée du Piano, yeah, <laughs> so studying Tuvan throat singing. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, anyway, yeah, and and. Uh, and uh, she writes lyrics uh, that are basically. Uh, it seems it seems like she was uh, doing doing the same PhD thesis as uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg and Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moving! <laughs> Except she didn't get sent insane by it. So, uh, if you like this show, which after incredible content like that, you know whether you do or don't, <laughs> and some of you do, please tell your friends. Think of, in your life, there's a weirdo. It doesn't matter what genre they are. <laughs> All that matters is that they wear headphones a lot, they listen to music that's cl- clashes of noise, and they like films that hurt them. I think they'd love this podcast. Find them, tell them we're an acquired taste, and it would be great if more people could acquire it. And, hey, why not put out the word? Why not tweet with this week's... Uh, uh, um. Hashtag, which is what, then? So, because we watched a movie about communism and yep. a movie about... Capitalism. Uh, yeah, as a tribute to uh, both the film Battleship and uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm, this week's hashtag is uh, two legs good, no legs better. That is our first actually good hashtag. Congratulations, I never thought this would happen. <laughs> oh my God, I'm just proud of us and especially you. Movies are good. Even bad ones. Go watch them. is that you've never really had similar situations. Like, yeah, have you I, ever... I, I, I've, has I've, there ever been a bit... Yeah, no, I was going to do the yeah. same. Yeah, I was going to do the same one. You can do it. Okay, go. You've no. never really been no, in it. Okay, no. fine. 
itch better have my funny yep. joke. Anyway, it's la la long. End of credits. End of credits. <laughs> end of credits.